for being here at Homestead Church. We are glad that you're with us. I hope you're enjoying summer, soaking up all the summer has to offer. We all know what's coming in just a couple of months with the cold and the snow, but we won't talk about that. Although some cool fall temperatures always feel, always feel good on a morning like this when we're in steam mode here at, at Homestead Church. So we're excited about that. We have been looking at, uh, we're probably in about the 10th week of looking at the Gospel of Luke through the summer at Homestead. Um, we have... I've enjoyed going through different stories in the Gospel of Luke. And when we started out, and I've mentioned this a few times as we've gone through it, we're looking at it with this kind of main point in mind, that Jesus changes everything. And we've talked about different stories. Jesus comes in and he challenges his disciples. He brings about change in their life. He encounters people who are sick, who are crippled, who are in need, and he changes their life. He heals them. He brings miracles. A couple weeks ago, we talked about a, a multitude of people, 5,000 people and more, that Jesus fed because a simple little boy offered up what he had for Jesus to use and perform that miracle. We've had some guests in here as well. Micah McDonald was here last week talking about the temptation in the wilderness. I know he did a great job. And uh, Dr. Tracy Pano a few weeks ago taught, telling the story of the Good Samaritan. All these stories that we're looking at have this idea of Jesus comes in to his audience or to the person receiving the miracle, and he brings about change. He wants to challenge the way people live, the way people think. He doesn't want people just going through life the same way, unchanged. And so that's what we've been looking at as we've been looking at these stories in the book of Luke. And we're going to continue on today. There's a couple different stories I'm going to, um, I want to look at today, and we're going to be in Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. And we're going to start with a story that sounds familiar with ones we've looked at before. It's another time when Jesus gets invited to go share a meal at someone's house. And it seems every time Jesus has done this, there's a group of Pharisees. Those are the religious people, the rule followers. They're always upset about something. They're always upset that Jesus is going to eat at the home of what they would consider a sinner or a tax collector or somebody of bad reputation, that Jesus, as a religious leader, he shouldn't be spending time with those people. This is what the Pharisees like to think. So in Luke chapter 11, we're going to start in verse 37. This is another time when Jesus gets invited over to someone's house for a meal. But this time, it's a Pharisee, one of those religious people that invite Jesus over. So it's got a little twist to it this time. We're going to read Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 37. It says this, As Jesus was speaking, one of the Pharisees invited him home for a meal. So he went in and took his place at the table. His host was amazed to see that he sat down to eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony required by Jewish custom. We're going to stop there just for a second. Because once again, Jesus has gotten, well, not really in trouble, but he's gotten himself in trouble with these Pharisees. And if I'm Jesus at this point, I'm thinking, you guys are never satisfied, are you? Right? You're never happy. When I'm eating a meal at somebody else's house that you think is a, a bad sinner person, then you say, well, you shouldn't be eating with them. Now I'm eating at one of your house's Pharisees, and the first thing you do is you step back and you say, wow, he didn't perform the ceremonial hand washing. Now this is different than just, you know, parents with our kids. We just want them to wash their hands for sanitary reasons, right? This is a ceremonial religious thing, and Jesus didn't do it. He just sat down and started to eat. Now I think that Jesus would have known 
right, that he was supposed to do this. And this is one of the reasons I like Jesus, because he just likes to poke the religious people with a stick. He's like, I know they're all expecting me to go through the ceremonial hand washing, but I ain't going to do it just because I'm going to cause a little trouble here. So this is what happens. The Pharisees that see this, they say, you shouldn't, they're, they're upset. He shouldn't be eating without first performing this ceremonial rules. And I'm stopping there pointing this out because once again we see that the Pharisees were all about externals. They were all about the rituals. They were all about the details and the religious details. And they had totally lost the heart of what it means to be a person of faith of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to be someone that loves God and fears God and worships God. They got lost in the details of the rules and had forgotten about people. And I I point that out again to say that, again, this is a warning in this day and age to any church, Homestead Church included, that the best way to tell if a church has lost the vision of reaching people, lost the vision of reaching the poor and the needy and the sick, the best way to tell if we've lost that vision that Jesus has given us is if we become concerned with all the rituals and the details and the externals, right? As soon as we start worrying about, well, that's not where that goes, and this carpet, we don't like the color of that carpet, and especially someday when we get into a building, if we start worrying about, oh, the kids are messing up the building, or, you know, we've got other people coming and using it, they're breaking our stuff, and all these things, or we we start worrying about the externals and the rules, that's when we know that we're losing the vision of what God has given us to care for the poor, to care for the needy, to care for the lost in our community, right? So that's always, we're always going to keep that in front of us as a church as we continue to grow and impact our community, that that's one way we, got, we have to know. We can't be so concerned about the rituals and the rules over people. We're always going to put people over anything about any sort of rules or external details. We are here for people, the poor, the needy, the sick. And so I take that warning to heart for me personally and for us as Homestead Church. Let's never become like that, right? Let's always have people as the forefront of what we are doing, concerned about the people, not concerned about traditions, but people who need love and mercy and salvation. Amen? Amen. All right, Homestead, we're, we're together on that. If you've got one of those fans keeping you cool, that also quals, qualifies as an amen fan, just so you know. You can just say it's very Minnesotan. If you don't want to say amen, you can just wave the fan, and I'll t- it'll count. It'll count. So after that, as Jesus is recognizing that these Pharisees are upset that he's not performing the ceremonial hand-washing, this is what Jesus says to them in verse 39. We're continuing on with the story, verse 39. Then the Lord said to them, said to him, You Pharisees are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and wickedness. Fools, didn't God make the inside as well as the outside? So clean the inside by giving gifts to the poor, and you will be clean all over. What sorrow awaits you, Pharisees, for you are careful to tithe, and tithing is giving 10% of your income. And what the Pharisees were doing is they were tithing on everything. Spices they were tithing on, they'd give a tenth because they were all about the rules, and that's what Jesus is referring to to them here in verse 42. What sorrow awaits you, Pharisees, for you are careful to tithe even on the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore justice and the love of God. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. 
What sorrow awaits you, Pharisees, for you love to sit in the seats of honor in the synagogues and receive respectful greetings as you walk from the marketplaces. Yes, what sorrow awaits you, for you are like hidden graves in a field. People walk over them without knowing the corruption they are stepping on. We're going to stop there just for a second. These, this, this last part that Jesus says to them, that's an insult to them, okay? And we might not think, well, we're like an unmarked grave. What does that mean? Well, in the Old Testament, if you read the Old Testament law, anyone who came in contact with a grave was considered ceremonially unclean. They were unclean and couldn't enter the place of worship or any offerings of worship they couldn't offer for a period of seven days because they had touched a grave and that was considered unclean. So they would avoid graves. Now, it doesn't matter. In our day and age, we say, well, I messed up, but I didn't know it was there, right? We always make that excuse. I didn't realize I was making a mistake. And what happened was there would be an unmarked grave that somebody would come in contact with or they would walk over and they didn't realize it was a grave until it was too late. And then they said, oh man, I didn't even know it was there. And now even though I didn't know it was there, even though I didn't know I was making this mistake, I am still considered unclean. So what Jesus is saying to these Pharisees is you guys are like those unmarked graves that you're, you're the guys that are causing people to be unclean. And people don't even know it because you're like those unmarked graves. You're like the tricky guys that people come in contact with you and they don't even know that they're being made unclean. This is an insult to these Pharisees. This is an insult to them. And later on, one of them says, well, now you're offending us. And it's kind of funny if you read on the story. Jesus is like, I'll offend you even more. And he says even more things. But this, this is Jesus telling these religious people, these rulers who love to let other people know all the things that they're doing wrong. You heard it. They love the important seats in the synagogue. They love to tell all the other people, this is what you're doing wrong. Have you ever come in contact with a church person who just loves to tell you what you're doing wrong? I have, and I am a church person, and I still find church people who love to tell me what I'm doing wrong. It's kind of annoying after a while, right? And we want that to not be the culture here. Jesus is telling him, you Pharisees, you love to be judgmental and point out all the things that everyone's doing wrong. You love to be in the positions of honor. You love to get from people. You exploit people's financial needs so that you can get more money. You're like those unclean graves. Those are like holy land fighting words right there, and they get upset about that. But here's the part I found most interesting in what Jesus just said to them. I love that he said... You should keep tithing, but don't consider tithing more important than the more important things of love and justice and mercy to people. I love that. But what jumped out at me this week is in verse 41, and we're going to read verse 41 again. And it comes after Jesus says to the Pharisees, you like to make it look like you're all clean on the outside, but the inside you are filthy. You are filthy. The part that nobody sees, you are dirty and filthy and filled with arrogance and pride and sin. And he says, God also made the inside, so let's clean up the inside. Now, when Jesus says to them, I want you to clean up the inside, when I first read that, I was expecting to hear something like, clean up the inside by spending more time in prayer. All the secret things, right? All the secret religious things that we're supposed to do. Pray, spend more time reading the scriptures. That's going to clean the inside, and these are all good. And that's what I was expecting Jesus to say when I read this this week. But what does Jesus say? Verse 41, it says this. We'll have it up on the screen. So clean the inside by giving gifts to the poor, and you will, clean, you will be clean all over. 
That's so interesting to me that Jesus says, on the outside you're trying to do all these things, so clean the inside by what? By giving something away, by giving a gift to the poor. Not to spend more time in prayer, not to spend time in solitude and quiet humility. Give something you have to someone who needs it. This is what Jesus says. This is the remedy to cleaning the inside, which is interesting to me because that sounds, you know, if you're just reading that, that could sound a little bit like give in the offering today and your sins will all be forgiven, right? And that's not how it works, okay? I know some churches have tried that in the past. That's not how it works. If that's how it worked... I would be driving a much nicer car or something like that. That that's not how it works. This is not what Jesus is saying. 